Hello, welcome to Talking Usework. My name is Rui Branco and together with Anita Silva, we bring you a podcast where we interview usework experts and practitioners that have a say when it comes to innovation in usework, either because they are using creative methods to empower young people, researching on new trends, or responsible for use policies at international level. Like a shot of inspiration, all of our guests have a unique point of view about how can news workers shake up, upgrade, and innovate on their daily work. Hello, everyone. Today we talked with Gonzalo Hall. He's an enthusiast of remote work. And actually, I met him by coming to Madeira, an island in the Atlantic that is hosting the first digital nomad village. Now, digital nomads are people that can work from anywhere and do exactly that. They travel to work from different locations around the world. They gather in communities and they interact with local communities as well. So, Gonzalo believes this is the future of work, that we will all be working like this. That it's not just remote work because of COVID. This was already a trend before the pandemic and it will stay after the pandemic. So if this is true, then the first question, of course, that rose in my mind is how do we prepare young people for this reality? How do we have support young people to work this way, to relate in this way with their employers? So we talked about the soft skills that young people need to gain and that youth workers can help prepare to work in a world where remote work is the rule. We talked about the importance to be able to communicate in the written form, the importance to um, be culturally aware, be self-aware and self-manage. And if you are interested in these topics, I think this can be a very interesting episode for you. So with no further ado, let's talk youth work. Hi guys. Hi Gonzalo. Thanks for accepting our invitation to join our podcast today. Really good to have you. Hello. Thank you so much for the invitation. Quite excited. And hi Rui. Here Hello. we are again. <laughs> so normally we always say where we are. So Rui, do you want to start? Unfortunately, I'm not in Madeira like you. <laughs> I'm in Carcavelos. You are in home, yeah? Near yeah. Lisbon, Portugal. And we are in Portugal, but in the islands, in Madeira. And it's quite strange, and, three Portuguese people speaking in English. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you want to learn more about the Portuguese accent in the English language, this is your episode. Yes. So um, we are interviewing Gonzalo today because I'm actually in Madeira joining a, a beautiful project uh, of digital nomads. And Gonzalo is the founder of that project. But Gonzalo, you're better than anyone can explain who you are, how you started, how did you got here? <laughs> That's a difficult <laughs> one. Uh, the one that the first question is always the most difficult. How do you arrive here? And I did like 20 different things in the last 10 years, so it's always hard to explain. So I'll I'll just tell you the last five. <laughs> Basically, maybe, maybe I that's the all... key, you know, doing a lot yeah. of different things. I learned about digital nomadism six years ago, more or less. So these guys that travel and work while they travel. And I kept moving from place to place. I'm from Lisbon. I lived in Oeiras. I lived in Algarve. I lived in Aveiro. And then I moved to Germany. And then I moved to Poland. So I was always excited to know how it is to live in X place, in that place. Uh, how do the locals live? 
And the way I did it before is I had to move, I had to find a job, I, it was a, a lot of work. And I learned about these crazy people, the digital nomads that do this, they work remotely, they travel the world while they work, they can meet different cultures, they try to integrate in different cultures. So the way I arrived to this lifestyle was through marketing and sales. Uh, my first job, I had a full-time job on sales for a startup called Remote How. And then I got bored. I don't like bosses. I have this small issue with authority uh, in general. So I don't like bosses. So I decided to launch my own business, which first was a remote work consulting uh, company. I was helping companies and I'm still helping companies implementing remote work, doing this transition because everything is different. Although most companies don't realize that right now, most of the things are different. And that's why so many people are burning out right now with this wave of remote work. At the same time, I launched my podcast as well. So I'm I'm quite excited to be here as a guest in your podcast because I also love this format, remote work movement. And since then, I started several businesses around remote work. Remote Europe, a job board for European fully remote jobs, Remote Portugal, content websites, future of work conferences. I help running remote, the biggest uh, remote work conference. There is, I will say a lot of times remote, 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 because I found my passion, I found my mission. And what I do is basically I create businesses around it that have a positive impact in the world. I see problems, I create businesses to fit to solve them. And the Digital Nomad Village is one of them. Basically, I always believe that we should use remote work and digital nomadism as a tool for developing rural areas or for developing areas that were forgotten. What we saw in the last 40 years is that most people moved to big city because they needed to find a job there. It was the easiest way to find to have access to a job. Right. Well, right now we don't have to move to big cities because we can work remotely. So we can work from anywhere. That means that we don't leave, need exactly to live in a big city. We can live in Carcavelos, which is 20 minutes away from Lisbon, or we can live in a small, beautiful village in Madeira. <laughs> and well, I chose Madeira for now. And just it's just that, like using remote work as the power for basically re reinventing villages. Villages don't need to be connected with agriculture. Village can be connected with remote work. Villages can be connected with entrepreneurship, can be connected with having a global community with local impact. So this is my big passion. And the first project I did into, into this world was this Digital Nomads Madaram and the digital, the first Digital Nomad Village in the world, hopefully. At least nobody uh, processed me yet, so I think I'm still good. <laughs> oh, so, uh, so there was a lot of content packed right there, so I, I'm inviting all our audience to kind of um, go back and listen to it all again and try to sink in in everything you just said. But there's one interesting detail you were telling me uh, earlier today at Coffee Break, which is the idea for this project, the Digital Nomad Village, started in an Erasmus Plus project, so in an international youth work project, right? Yes, so I follow a lot of people like Grow Remote in Ireland. They are, they are very big um, passion for me because they they are using remote work to decentralize um, Dublin, making mm. people live in Dublin and move to different places in the country. And while learning from all these people and people doing amazing things like Grow Remote, like Nacho Rodriguez, like Matias in Bansko, I had this idea that we should use this for the good. So I went for an Erasmus Plus project in Italy called Entro Rural Ship in Penabili near San Marino. Beautiful, beautiful village, uh, just in the mountains, the best sunset in the world. Just crazy, beautiful, full of culture, like true Italian, you know, it was like passionate. And I wrote the whole project there, exactly the same project with exactly the same goals, but they didn't took it. I had meetings with Rimini. They say, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. Never anything happened. And well, I, when I came to Madara in September, 
I basically, I said, I know the movement. I know what digital nomads like. I am a digital nomad myself. So when I came here, I saw how beautiful Madara is uh, with the eyes of a digital nomad, which is completely different from where mm-hmm. I came here when I was a kid. And I saw this perf- this place is perfect for digital nomads. And basically, I just applied the same project I built on Erasmus Plus for the 10 days, um, the 10 days, work, not workshop, what's the time? You know better than me, for sure. <laughs> it was a 10 days project in Panabili. And I used the same project here. And now the people from Panabili went to visit and see how I did it. <laughs> I told them, I told them everything, but they went to visit and they will visit soon. Then, if you are listening to me, we are, we are waiting for you here. We, want, we need to do this in Panabili. And you were saying also that um, a lot of your past uh, as a youngster growing up and, and trying to figure out what to do with your life was also passed by ISEC, right? The, the student association that is very known in yes. Europe. And it's so fun now, like, uh, I'm, 30, I'm 33 now, but it's so fun when I see the background on people on LinkedIn. The amount of very interesting people that are very successful, the amount of them that passed by Isaac is insane. Like the CEO of Mind Valley, it was an Isaac. The CEO of Remote Hub, it was an Isaac. People from different companies I know that are killing it, they are just so good they all why do you think that happens why is that what what does isaac and probably other youth work organizations as well or student organizations bring what is it that you think that helps for people to become more successful for me it's the other way around is the people who go to isaac are different so imagine Uh when you go to isaac you suddenly are working five hours a day while you have to study and basically when everybody else is partying you are working that's how that's isaac in the in the natural so everyone is partying and here you are in the youth association uh, working like the same structure that you have in the company human resources marketing they have everything exactly the same as in the big company and here you are building projects uh, attracting people learning how to sell it works like a company and this is isaac in a nutshell so when you make this choice, when you are 18, 19, 20, of going to a youth association like Isaac, very well structured, and you decide to work X hours a day instead of drinking and partying every day. And don't get me wrong, there is drinking and partying inside Isaac, of course, but it's completely different. It's like a community. It's like almost a cult, like a lot of things, a lot mm-hmm. of people think it is. Because that people are engaged, that people want to do best. And everyone I know from Isaac is doing very well in life. And the biggest reason mm-hmm. is exactly that, the choices you made. You prefer to party? Or you prefer to make some change and work and connect and just work your way out of it. Yeah, All but right. the, the connections that you create also allow you, like if you create a network, it's easier to to travel further. Like the the, the African proverb says that if you tr- want to travel fast, go alone. If you go further, go with the village or go with some company. Go so together, yeah. Isaac maybe creates that network that allows you to contact with a lot of things. Yes, and it's always the first time of conversation, imagine meeting ex-person, ex-CEO that was an Isaac. It's like, hey, dude, I was an Isaac as well. You're like, this is amazing. It's always a conversation starter for a lot of connections I make, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yes, it helps you build a, the, the network. I never used my network on Isaac for many things, actually. I, yeah, I was more used than I was. I used it. <laughs> and that's okay. But people know, people from Isaac, now I'm in a very special position. I'm you know, I'm kind of influencer in this remote work, digital nomadism world, and people still connect to me. Hey, remember me? I'm from Isaac. I'm doing this, this, and this. We love to connect, and that's okay, you know. But yeah, it build, it gives you a common background. The background, you know, that people were struggling. That you know that that people were working while everybody else was getting drunk. <laughs> 
I think I think that says a lot about uh, the power of, of youth work and of students or youth organizations when young people are actually engaged in working together, collaborating and creating projects. Uh, either they're on entrepreneurship or on social entrepreneurship and they're creating NGOs or just local impact or activists for that matter, that it, it prepares them for real life uh, better than uh, a lot of schooling or university. And we were just talking about that before. But I wanted to go a little bit on the future of work, because I know that this is a topic that passions you and that you know a lot about, which is, I think a lot of us are still stuck in this idea that after the pandemic, we will all go back to our offices. Hell no. And, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I, I know that that's not the case. The pandemic really accelerated already the trend uh, of, of remote work and of nomadism as well. So tell us a little bit about that. What's your take on, on the future of work? Offices are dead. Let's start by that. Like, if your company tells you you need to go back to the office, go find a different company. <laughs> because the social life that your company is selling as the benefit of the office is actually a lie. What happened is that people were moving to cities where they don't have a social infrastructure. And then, well, when you are alone in a new city for a new job, the easiest way to get to do friends, of course, in your job, because you are stuck with them for eight hours a day. In the world where, where that doesn't happen anymore, what will happen is that people will go back to communities, people will go back to neighborhoods, people will go back to their roots, finally, and they can repopulate the case, the, the whole world and the villages. So this is what will happen in the world. Companies will hire remotely. You'll leave, you'll leave, most of the people will actually leave big cities. Unfortunately, big cities will be for tourists only, but that's another issue we can talk in a different day. And the future of work is not work from home, to be honest. It's not what 100% of the people are doing. It's much more what I and Anita are doing right now, which is work from anywhere. It's guys that it's cold in Lisbon. Let's go to Madeira because it's 18 degrees and we are both talking outside, watching the ocean while we speak on this podcast. Right. It's deciding I want to learn kitesurf and going to Cape Verde for one or two months while I work for my company and I'll do kitesurf every day. So... We, the way the companies work right now is they try to convince you to go to this office cult uh, where things happen. And they, I have some company that last week that told me, we are trying to recreate the environment that people love at home in the office. So people want to come to the office. So what I answer was, so you are exactly paying people to go to the office so they can get distracted because they were putting couches and playstations and like... So you pay these people to be productive, but you want them to go to the office to be distracted. That's something wrong. Are you paying them to connect with each other or are you paying them for work? And it looks like they, they, they now understand that, well, that's really stupid. We are actually taking people from a productive environment at home or at the co-working space to take them to the office because we want them together. We want to see them but they will be 50% less productive here. What is going on? A lot of companies already understand this. A lot of companies already understand that work from anywhere is the future. I don't say everyone will go to Bali next week. I say most, most people have more freedom to travel inside two, three time zones from their, from their uh, headquarters yeah. and that yeah. will be okay. So what you're saying is that even after the pandemic is over, if ever, <laughs> and then you think that this, this structural shift is permanent, that we're not going to go back to business as usual, going to the office? No, let's say 
all the statistics inside and outside the company say that around 60 to 70 percent of the people that companies inquire inside the company want to work remotely forever yeah. so that's a lot of people and the companies that will go against this will what will happen is we'll, you'll see the biggest brain drain ever in the big companies like goldman sachs and all these companies that don't allow remote work in the future uh, so basically imagine i have a company of 100 people i offer you the same salary as a big company of 1000 people but i give you the flexibility to work from anywhere i can guarantee you eight out of ten people will choose my company because i give them flexibility so mm -hmm. we will see a very interesting movement where the best talent from companies that don't allow remote work will go to different companies that have that allow that flexibility and it's not because they want to travel if you see all the inquiries they just want flexibility flexibility to work from anywhere and flexibility to work in more or less on their own schedule so it will be very fun to see after pandemic all these people all these amazing brains moving i think portugal actually will win a lot because people can work from anywhere why right. be in a cold place when you can be in portugal even with 16 degrees or 14 degrees right now in lisbon it's not, it's not too bad i guess compared with germany for example yeah but mm -hmm. so yeah but for example tell me, tell me. i i i believe that certain parts of the job maybe uh, we still need to be with each other because I, I was i was thinking you can do it but it's not the same there are some 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 energy when you you do a brainstorm session when you're in the presence of another person that interacts with you it's not the same as doing at miru or uh, other platforms where you can do the brainstorming sessions but without the presence there's a different energy uh, it's it can be done i've worked in projects in-house in remote it can be done but it's not the same energy and i don't believe it's the same result I, like and what, I, I why do you need the same energy why do you believe that you need the same energy to move a company forward i i, I truly believe because I, I believe in human connection and i i if you put a screen between us it's not the same energy it, i i believe that maybe like you said 80 80 percent or 90 percent of the the work can be done but Sometimes for some projects, the ten percent are the are the the ones that make the difference. Hmm. Well, I, I think I, that I strongly I, wait, wait, I strongly disagree with you because I think I think I think we are doing brainstorm wrong, and this is very dangerous to say with you, Hui, and Anita, because you guys <laughs> understand more about brainstorm. But I do consulting for a lot of companies. I think brainstorm in the future will, will be much more a sync. What we are trying to do right now is brainstorm through mirror, like you said, and it's like one hour call, two hour call, and try to do it at the same time. Well, usually I don't have ideas on Zoom calls. Usually I have ideas on the shower or when I'm swimming. So I, I think a lot of companies will actually do a different brainstorm. So imagine I'm here at a co-working space with 80 more people that have different experiences and I can have an idea having like, while well, I'm just enjoying a coffee with Anita and that will give me a, a huge hedge over everyone that's just in the same environment inside the office. Of course, like remote work doesn't mean that people will not meet. And this is very important. Most mm -hmm. companies, fully remote companies like GitLab, like WordPress, Automatic, like yeah, yeah. Automatic, like Doist, they have meetups. They have meetups. They meet once, twice a year, usually one general meetup and then one per team at least. So that doesn't mean that we'll never see each other again. <laughs> it just means that we can work from anywhere. We have the freedom. And I understand the whole energy thing. I just don't think that the edge is that different. I don't think you can win more by being in the same office during a brainstorm than having people spread across the world um, in, enjoying different cultures enjoying meeting different people 
and having all these inputs that can then be translated to inside the company. But we can agree and disagree. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> I, I believe if I had to choose between flexibility and uh, and being in the same room, I will choose flexibility. I, don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just defending my fears. <laughs> I think I think that what the, the the pandemic came to prove is that a um, some jobs uh, I think companies and NGOs realize that are not as effective when done uh, online. Education is one of them that we've realized that uh, it, it doesn't work that much, although there's a lot of um, knowledge knowledge platforms nowadays and online learning is growing and it should grow. But still, youth work, for example, counseling, um, all kind of professions in care um, or, you know, if you have to do a, a, a CAT scan for a patient, you need to be there. So there's, there's a lot of professions that you cannot pass to the... To the, to the digital format, obviously, but also I think companies will find kind of hybrid forms, hybrid forms of uh, combining the work you can do remotely with the work you can, uh, that you must do in person. So increasing so, the, the overall, the overall efficiency. I have bad news. Uh, <laughs> you are right. First of all, you are right. Hybrid is the future right now. It's the future for the next five years. Mm. It just happens that as a company, hybrid is the most difficult system you can implement Absolutely. because Success. you have to manage two different experiences. You have to manage two different laws. You have to manage two times everything. And imagine if you, mm. lots of companies offer ping pong tables, free meals, etc. How will you replicate that for the people working remotely? Mm. And so, Hybrid will be very dangerous, and a lot of companies will fail because of hybrids. Mm. But it, it will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what what interests uh, in, uh, interests us and our listeners right now is how do we prepare young people for this future? Because we've been preparing ourselves and the younger ones uh, to work in an office environment or you know in a, inside a building to have meetings to communicate with colleagues to interact, and now there is this. Um, platforms that are mediating our interaction and I think that changes a lot so what would you say are the competences that we need to be preparing young people for to adapt to this new work reality that is coming I think it's very interesting what this new world will bring and the first thing is already the proper the formal education and Google is a good example of this they just said we don't care about your degrees we don't care if you have a degree or not this is Google this is not mm -hmm. the company on my corner this is Google said we don't care about your degree we want to know what you know what do you know how to do how do you work what how, how what you built what have you done in the past so I think we will live in the world finally where your degree doesn't matter and I'd say finally because I have three half degrees and the only country where people ask me for my degree is Portugal. Nowhere else uh, that matters, which is very interesting. So I think in the future, and I see, I'm just speaking with a CEO yesterday and he was telling me, we are just, we are just checking soft skills. And this is really cool because the hard skills you can learn. So when I'm hiring someone to do digital marketing, I want, of course, I want someone that knows about digital marketing, but it's much more important the soft skills. How do I like the person? Who would I like to work with them, does she know how to write? Talking about skills, writing mm. is so more important right now. I'd say 90% of our communication now Literacy, is in, right, in, the, yeah. in the written form. And the ones that are not, for you people that spend your day in Zoom calls, your company is doing it wrong. This is not supposed to be like that. We should have three Zoom calls a day maximum. Instead, we should be writing much, much more. So writing actually is the future. And then it's a lot more about what have you done? So for people, it's so... I see my girlfriend, she has 
country in, in tourism that is completely useless because she doesn't know how to do anything. I think we need to do more internships. I, need I to hope she doesn't it. listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I told her it's completely useless. She lost four hours, four years of, the, of her life. At least she met me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think soft skills are very important besides writing is just doing things while you work in groups and you work in groups, even asynchronous. That's why I think that, for example, remote education is not bad. It's just not being done right. I think we are about remote education. Definitely Zoom or any other video tool is not the tool to do it, but we'll see in the future much better tools with much better experiences. So being able to collaborate, being able to understand your understand yourself, to be honest. My, my life changed, and I was thinking about this in the morning. My life changed when I did the Maya Briggs test, just knowing myself, not just doing the test, but learning about yourself will be more important because you understand what are you the best of? I am the best at creating businesses. I suck at following up with them. So I learn about myself. I have teams that do that. So learning yourself will be very important. Understanding your strong points, writing, 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 writing. Sorry, if you don't like to write, you have to learn how to write. It doesn't even matter if you like it or not. It will be mandatory. And then solving problems. I think machines will take over pretty much all the manual jobs. And the only thing machines can are not very good at is on creativity. This is where we thrive. So solving problems, being creative, finding paths that were not usual. <laughs> we Portuguese are very good at that. Uh, so all these will be very, very important, much more than any hard skills that you can have. Hard skills take six months to learn. And then you, you were saying something that I found very interesting, which is knowing yourself, because it seems to me that to work remotely, you need the discipline and the capacity to self-manage. And so self-management seems to me that it's something that we should be learning much more because people, um, today I was reading some kind of meme about it that, that was saying that, um, yeah, it's really hard to know that what I need to thrive is a structure. And at the same time, that's the thing that I'm most incompetent on giving myself is this structure. So the ability to self-manage and like you were saying, communicating. But you said writing, but I think also communicating orally becomes mm -hmm. ultra important because especially on Zoom where you can, you know, your body language is much re it's reduced. So your oral capacity to communicate, convey ideas, to convince, to negotiate needs to increase, I guess. I think I just didn't say oral communication. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> I just didn't Church. say oral communication because, to be honest, 80% of the Zoom meetings we have nowadays will become uh, a note on the documentation website. Mm. Meaning we do too many meetings on Zoom. 80% will be asynchronous in the written form. That's why I didn't mention because I think you can be super shy, super shy, don't, don't want to show up on camera. If you write well, you can work for anyone. If you are speaking orally very good and you don't know how to write properly, nobody will hire you. For example, Buffer, one of the fully remote companies that were pushing this forward, they have a part of the interview where it's just in the written form. And I love it because they are thinking differently. So if you don't know how to write, you don't pass. And that's what most companies start need to start doing as soon as possible. I don't disagree with you. I think oral communication mm -hmm. is very important. I do think that if I had to bet 10 hours in one, if I had to put 10 hours in learning and being better on one, I would put my 10 hours on written communication before going for oral communication. Right, right. And going to the soft skills, because, you know, this is my work at Youth Work is, is working on soft skills, emotional intelligence. And um, what's your take on that? Because I think that you're still going to work with other people. You're still going to, you know, have to animate communities. You still, like you said, you're still involved in the local community, either are in a rural area or anywhere else. 
So I'm guessing that emotional competences, uh, self-awareness and empathy, all those things are extremely important. Also, because like you said, if you are moving around and you are integrating in different cultures, then intercultural learning becomes an important thing. Actually, all this intentional learning becomes a very important thing, right? Yeah, I think we need to travel more, to be honest. I learned so much since I became a digital nomad. I learned more in three years of my digital nomad life than in the first 30 years that came before that. <laughs> and the reason why is that you are integrated in so many different cultures. You learn right. from so many different people. And all this ability to ask questions, to like, you and it are amazing on it. Just this ability of ask one extra question, don't be the same questions all and over and all over and over and again. Just this ability of asking the right questions, of being curious about the world. You learn so much. I know so much about Indonesia that I never thought I would learn in my life. <laughs> and you just become rich and you understand more and you become more tolerant, for example, when you understand how to communicate well and you understand different cultures. For example, it's very difficult to be racist when you travel. It's very difficult because you will go to Africa and you will understand, well, they are pretty much the same as us. They just have more rhythm and dance better. And you go to Asia, they are pretty much the same as us. They just do really cool things with their hands. And they are usually very good at mathematics because they have this whole education around it. And you understand, okay, there, my belief, my, my preconception was actually wrong. That's why I say... Most of the issues with the world is just people that need to meet other cultures. And of course, we need to be curious. We need to be good at communicating and understanding people, being very good listeners. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll travel a little bit more and youth projects help a lot with that. And we'll become all more tolerant and the world will be better. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's the thing that I was listening and uh, about the soft skills and the, the technology and being a digital nomad. And when, when you say digital nomad, people imagine that the digital nomads live inside a computer or only interact with a computer. And like you were explaining, when you travel, part of your work is doing digital, is being done digitally. But most of the, the people you meet you, when you travel, you talk with real people, not only the people in your computer. Yes, that's so important. The reason why Digital Nomads Matara is a community and not just not, not just a marketing program is why I, because I believe that the real digital nomads travel between communities. I know I travel between communities. For example, I don't go to a place. I go to a community. I didn't went to Bali. I went to Changu because I know Changu community. I didn't went to Thailand. I went to Chiang Mai because I know Chiang Mai has a strong community and so on and so on and so on. So I travel because of people. And of course, you can criticize, oh, but you are in the bubble. Well, Yes, but no, because where I am, I try to have a positive local impact. I try to organize something for the locals, mix with locals, learn the locals. But yes, I do love digital nomad community. I think there is there is a really above average uh, amount of very smart people, very interesting people with whom I learn a lot every day. This is why I travel between communities. And also because it's good, you know, like being here in Madara, I met Anita, then I will travel God knows where. Imagine that Anita will come and travel say, well, I like Gonzalo. Gonzalo is in Cape Verde. I want to meet Gonzalo in Cape Verde. And this is after one year, two years, is where the magic starts to happen, where you start to see the same faces over and over again because you are in the same community. 
And to be honest, like it's just beautiful when you do when you travel in communities. Even here, here we have two communities. We have the digital nomad community that is beautiful and amazing, and we have the local community that is excited by receiving us. That understands the power of digital nomads now. That understands what we are doing because we were there talking with each one of the businesses to improve, for example, to have more vegetarian dishes, etc. So mm-hmm. because everybody's on the same page, you have these two very strong communities that want to meet each other and they want to mingle each other and want to give give something back to each other and that is just beautiful <laughs> i agree with you because i think that the, one of the reasons i came here is looking for exactly that community and um like you say if this can be a movement that rehabilitates areas that were being depopulated because people had to move to offices then there's a big added value of bringing new communities here and i do feel that um the nomads living here creates that sense of community they cooperate they communicate they create true bonds and relationships they affect in a in a positive or well, probably also on negative ways but they do affect they have an interaction let's say with the local ecosystem uh with local communities so i think there's there's a value there well before we finish and we're almost finishing our conversation uh Gonzalo, we always have this tradition there's a question from our previous guest and we will share that question with you it's a surprise question and then you can leave one and revenge with our future guest okay <laughs> so the question is what is one thing you will miss from the pandemic time i will miss time uh, meaning the first the first wave the first lockdown was brutal it was really brutal like i'm a super social person i'm an extrovert and i hate to work from home which is surprising right uh, i love to work from co-working spaces i moved to lisbon because i wanted to go to all the events that were happening around lisbon with the amazing people organizing them and it was brutal to stay at home 24/7 for 3 months on the other side actually i created seven businesses in 3 months because well i was bored so you could or watch netflix i'm not a big fan or i could start creating things and yeah like and now i have all these businesses and actually i gave a huge jump in my career during the first lockdown because i was just working it's not healthy don't get me wrong but on the other side it was a creating one i went full on creating one i did the course i did all my consulting i did trainings i did everything i was working 12 to 16 hours a day and although this doesn't look very healthy it's not on the other side i created so much value for so many people a lot of the things that are happening now including this project were born in the first lockdown by some project i started by some connection i made by some conference i gave and because of that i will miss just just the one month or three months full lockdown let's work work create 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 I imagine myself doing this going in the winter for uh, Norway somewhere mm-hmm. cold that I don't want to leave the apartments and just go on full creation mode. I think because there is so much communication going on there is so many things there is WhatsApp there is like Skype there is Zoom yeah. I I don't have time to focus on my day to day life specifically right here in the village because there is so many people I miss just staying in one place and just create 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 and yeah I I think I will have to try in the future to do that again. But this is the one thing I will miss from the whole COVID era, the ability of locking myself up and just create something beautiful. Maybe you can create another company's virtual lockdown. <laughs> exactly. That could work. 10% for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that's a good idea. We should do that. Like hard work, lockdown, hustle, hustle, hustle. <laughs> okay, Gonzalo, do you want to leave a question for our next guest? Yes. 
Now my question is, what uncommon simple thing makes you a happier human being? Can you say the first part again? What, what? Uncommon? what uncommon simple thing makes you a happier human okay. being? Which right. rhymes? I didn't think about that when I wrote it. Nice. <laughs> All right. That's a nice question. Well, Gonzalo, thank you so much for sharing uh, your perspectives and your projects with us. Uh, we will link up a lot of the uh, references you made to to the text of the podcast. And, well, I'll see you around the corner, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes. and, and if you have any resources or links you can share, please send it to us and we will put it on the post of the, the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Bye. This podcast is produced by Tim Maes with the support of UMAC, University of Applied Sciences.